0: You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. Not to share uh, too much, but I have a personal relationship where this friend has lost three people On her mom's side of the family, and multiple on her father's, to COVID. And I see this person regularly. And we all have stories like this. We're all impacted and connected, and we're all dealing with it in our minds and with our hearts. And why it's so important for us to receive this ministry from the Holy Spirit this morning is so that that place of peace, even in the face of trauma, of loss, and of difficulty, can be established within us. Parker has said it. I was listening and I, because he heard it when Rhea and Amanda said it. I think it was 2000, Carrie and I were married. I think it's something like six years, eight years maybe since they were here last, Rhea and Amanda. And I was listening to Carrie and I's prophecy last week. And they said, there's nobody else coming. You're it. If you want to think of it in terms of movies we've seen, you're the cavalry. And it's so important for us to dwell in that fullness of peace that was given us. To dwell in stillness within ourselves. So that when that impulse comes, of that name being brought to mind that we haven't thought about in a year or in five years or that face that we haven't seen in the last six months. To just pause and send that text, to pause uh, just 30 seconds in a day to type out, you're on my mind, you're in my heart. I love you, I miss you, I pray you're well. I pray God's blessing on your family. For, for the person that God brought to your mind, that's not a tiny pebble in a, rake, in a lake. That's a giant boulder. To know that they're loved, to know that they're thought of. And even more so now because we've all felt the same pain. To some degree, we have all felt the pain of the last two years. If we're being if we're being deeply honest in this moment which with ourselves and with the Lord, which I hope we are. So now that impulse, that reach out, that stretching of our heart from within us is, is filled not with arrogance and ignorance, but with empathetic and compassionate love that God gives. to say, I'm dwell- I've been through what you've been through. I'm dwelling in peace. Let me remind you of how deeply loved you are. There's so much power in that, guys. I don't think I could overstate it. I don't don't think there's any grand exaggeration I could come up with that would overstate the power of God's love in any form being communicated from your heart to one who's crying out. I just want to pause for a second. Cindy, are you in pretty bad physical pain right now? Okay. Extend a hand, please, guys. Cindy had surgery on her shoulder and is dealing with it. Father God, I thank you for Cindy. I thank you for her desire to be with her church family, even even in the face of the difficulty of her shoulder. First and foremost, before the physical pain, I just release the power of your peace within her so that her emotions, that her mind can be calmed within her. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you can call up right now as we pray the depth of peace that was given her in Christ Jesus and by your indwelling. Let the peace that passes understanding rise up within Cindy right now and calm her in her soul. I pray for her breathing that it would slow, for her mind that her thoughts instead of racing, would return to calm. That the beat of her heart would return to normal. And I pray for the pain in her shoulder. That as you touch her and her soul right now to, to bring that peace to bear, that she would also feel your healing hand on her shoulder. And the pain pain would subside so that she can hear your voice clearly this morning. I thank you, God, that you're moving in this moment, you're moving in this house today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Is there any change? Are you feeling? Maybe a little better. Okay. Yeah. I'm I'm trying not to do the hydrocodone now. Yeah. Johnny, while we keep going, would you continue in prayer? Just put your hand on her and just continue to pray for her as we move. Thank you, Johnny. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're moving in this house this morning. There is something that you want us to know and want us to hear. I pray our ears are open to receive. Because it is this deep and powerful truth that you want us to receive and that you want our minds to be transformed into this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, So we're shifting gears a little bit. Um, We're going to try to. The Holy Spirit may not let us. We'll see what happens. Um, As I was uh, speaking last week, we were talking about the seed that was planted within us, Christ Jesus being planted within us and talking about being the good soil and how in that place where the soil meets the seed, the Holy Spirit is that interface. And as we fellowship with the Holy Spirit, He will draw out the fullness of the seed within us. And in our life, the seed would bear fruit of, of, of itself. There's a common phrase that popped into my mind that that the Holy Spirit quickly had me not say because there's something in it that he wanted to bring out this week. I didn't know if I was going to preach or not, but there was something he at least wanted me to discover that he didn't want me to speak that out loud. So we're going to discover that together this week. Um, That phrase um, was Christ-like. It's a phrase that we have all heard probably since our first days of salvation, and anybody told us about sanctification, right? We've, we've learned historically about this process of sanctification, and it's been described to us as the process by which we become more Christ-like. And generally it's taught to us as a process of becoming less sinful, right? Sinning less and doing good especially before we came into any understanding of the Holy Spirit, this was the best we could understand sanctification, that we would sin less and that we would do good, be more Christ-like. But I don't think we ever really paused to think about what a funny picture of Jesus that would paint. If we're saying that What we're focusing on in sanctification is to make us more Christ-like. If we reverse that logic, that understanding, then we paint Jesus in this funny image of him being without sin because he was always concerned, wringing his hands, about being without sin. Does that make sense? When we make sanctification about being sin-free and being Christ-like and we associate those things, then we put that like consciousness of sin in Jesus. But I don't believe for one second that Jesus lived without sin, because he was constantly worried about not sinning. Jesus' perfect life arose from his desire for his Father's heart. When you are about kingdom business and it has captured the fullness of you, sin is difficult. Right? Sin feels foreign. To consciously choose to sin is a foreign thing and feels strange. But when we are constantly worried about not sinning, it sure seems like it comes so fast and so easy to see in our lives. Um, And then the other part of that logic about doing good. The trouble with that is that when we try to do good, In a place of our soul working out our sanctification in our own soul. That all we're left with is our best ideas and our best feelings. Neither of which are associated with faith. So the trouble with that is that. What what are we told in Romans? I think it's Romans. Let me find it real quick. That that which is not born of faith is sin. So we put ourselves in dangerous territory of acting not in faith and being in sin while we're actively trying to sin less. So it's a difficult proposition to work out your own sanctification in your soul. I hope that's clear. It was never meant to be a transaction of our own will transforming our own soul to be more Christ-like. The distinction that he wants to un- us to understand this morning is that sanctify- sanctification isn't about being Christ-like. It's about Christ's likeness. It's a different thing. Christ-like is about be, like doing like him. At least how it's been taught. I want to make that expressly clear because I know I'm treading a fine line, but I hope you'll go with me on this because I'm not really trying to linger here too much. Just set up a platform for what he wants us to understand. Is that being sanctified, being set apart, being made holy is about Christ's likeness, about his very person, about his image, about who he is in the earth. And about who he is inside of us, and that is not a soul transaction, but a spiritual one. Uh, just so we can see it, let's flip to. I'm going to check my notes just to so get the right address. Let's flip to Romans 15, real quick, and we're going to read verse 16, just so that we can see the phrase that's in the end of that verse. Mm -hmm. Oh, I didn't mark it, so give me one second. There we go. 15, verse 16. That I should be a minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God, that the offering of the Gentiles might be acceptable, being sanctified by the Holy Spirit. That phrase sanctified by the Holy Spirit. The process by which we are made holy, that we are set apart, the process by which we are sanctified is a person, is the presence of the person of the Holy Spirit within us. And there's something powerful about that 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 he needs us to see this morning. That yes, while it is still a process, there is something full and complete that happens in that moment when the Holy Spirit enters and makes us set apart and holy. Let's flip to 2 Corinthians 3, 18, and I'm going to read it in the King James. And then I'm going to read it in the Amplified because there's, it's necessary for a particular verb for us to see it. So this is the King James Version, the way that we're used to hearing it. But we all with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. So again, we see what we were told in Romans chapter 15, 16, that it's the Spirit of the Lord that is within us that allows us to be changed or transformed, rather. But What One of the specific things that he wants us to see this morning that is such a change of mind of understanding of what this process of sanctification is really about and what the the transformation of sanctification is about. Uh, I want to read it in the Amplified so uh, it's going to have a lot of extra added stuff. Oh my goodness it's up there. You're so good. You're amazing. And all of us, as with unveiled face, because we continue to behold in the Word of God, as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord, are consistently being transfigured into His very own image, in ever-increasing splendor from one degree of glory to another. Let's flip over to Matthew chapter 17. And I want to read just verses 1 and 2, if we can have it in the amplify. Uh, it doesn't really matter the version, I'm going to do the amplify because I've got it um, in my hand. And six days after this, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, his brother, and led them up into, on a high mountain by themselves. And his appearance underwent a change in their presence, and his face shone clear and bright like the sun, and his clothing became as white as light. So if you look it up in Greek, that phrase, his appearance underwent a change. And if you read that word transfigured, in Greek it is the same verb. So this process of the entrance of the Holy Spirit within us transforms us, transfigures us so deeply that the glory with which Christ shone is the glory that is shared with us. That's a profound understanding to think that within myself I am walking around with that shared glory. I have been transfigured into that image. You know, in Romans 6, it says Christ was raised. I think it's 6, verse 8, maybe. It says Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of God. And then later it says in chapter 8 that it was the Spirit of the Lord that drew Christ up from the dead. So we get this comparison that the Holy Spirit is the glory of God. So what do we think is dwelling within us? We have been sanctified. Therefore, we have been transfigured within ourselves, walking around with the glory of God within us. And then let's flip over to Romans 8. So that's, like the, that's the full and complete work. And then I want to flip over to Romans 8, verse 29 really quickly. Hell, do I have it blocked off in this? Again, I didn't mark it. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. And we're going to do the same thing we did before. We're going to read it now in the Amplified Romans, where are you? There you are. For those whom he foreknew, of whom he was aware and loved beforehand, he also destined from the beginning for ordaining them to be molded into the image of his Son and share inwardly his likeness, that he might become firstborn among many brethren. We have been fully and completely transfigured by the presence of the Holy Spirit within us. And then on a daily basis, the Holy Spirit working to reveal the seed that has been planted in the good soil is molding our inward life, bringing forth His fruits, molding our inward life that inwardly we might be the image of Christ as well. Typically and historically, and I'll just speak for myself, sanctification was never a particularly exciting process. (laughs) It wasn't presented in a way that it would be joyous or something that I would want to fully engage in or be a part of. But when you understand that by the entrance of the Holy Spirit, He has sanctified me, He is my sanctification. So I have been fully transfigured and daily I am conformed into that glory inwardly. Boy, that is exciting and joyous. Not trying to jump around too much, but we'll we'll make this this step and hopefully it's not too big of a leap. But I don't really think that what the world needs, speaking from a place of the soul, is more of a less sinful doing gooder version of me. That's not I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to have false humility here. Because I think that I am and, and know that I am absolutely essential to the plan and to the work of the Lord within the earth. All of us are born for a time such as this. But the, the importance of our existence, the reason we are here is because we have all been written with a particular part of his identity. He has shared part of his identity with us. We talk often about what he calls us. Well, if you look at what he calls us, they are actually descriptions of his nature and of of him. The process of sanctification and the full and complete work of sanctification in me is so that I might walk freely in my identity and the likeness of Christ, not just And I'm not going to say not just, but that inwardly I might have full access to the full peace, the full joy, the full uh, long-suffering or patience, wisdom, understanding, knowledge in my inward life that Jesus walked in. But also that outwardly the glory with which was revealed on his person in, in Matthew 17 and in other places in the gospel might be released through my hands and through your hands, released through your voice and my voice. Let's flip over to Colossians. This is where we're going to end today. So I I kept you almost the whole time last time talking and rambling on. So maybe we're not quite as long this week. So (laughs) this is where we're going to end. Um, Let's read Colossians 1 verse 27 to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of his mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Last week we discussed that seed planted in us, the Christ in us. And I read this verse, and I have read this verse a lot over over the last years. And the hope of glory part is Always the part that, like, of it that feels a little vague to me in my normal understanding, right? Like, the hope of glory, okay, that can mean a whole bunch of different things. It feels like it's filled with mystery. But also, those words together have an epic quality to them. You know that there is some greatness, something dynamic and something powerful hidden in those four words the hope of glory. Christ in us, the hope of glory. What I I hope is revealed to us this morning, at least it it was put in living color for me and reflecting over the last two weeks of, of study, of that seed being planted in me. The Holy Spirit bringing the fullness of that seed to bear in my life inwardly and then bearing fruit outwardly. And then understanding this week the sanctification that I walk in, that we all walk in, when we receive the Holy Spirit, we are transfigured into the glory of Christ. And the process of sanctification in the earth and in us is the hope of glory in the earth. We're all walking around filled with the glory of Christ. We're carrying with us a Holy Spirit who is teaching us to be patient. Not in a frustrating way, but in a freeing way. Teaching us to have peace in the face of extreme difficulty because we have been given fullness of peace. To abide in joy. To abide in all of the fruits. And to display the gifts as he gives us opportunity. But that sanctifying presence within us and that sanctifying process within us is the hope of glory in the earth. That's astounding truth and one that you have to wrestle with. Because if you let it linger very long within you, it won't leave you alone. To walk around with the knowledge that the fullness of Christ is in me his glory, and his inward life. And then to have no desire to walk in the gifts or the fruits of the Spirit. That will feel very uncomfortable to someone whose comfort zone is now the supernatural realm of the Holy Spirit. So I I pray that this revelation, this understanding of being sanctified in this process of sanctification is one that is encouraging to you. That is exciting to you. One that we get to engage in every time we open up the word. Every time we're driving down the road and he begins to speak, it's that process. And it's that fullness of joy. So, I just, I hope, I really hope that I've conveyed this in an understandable way because it's, again, I go back often to what David said, such thoughts are too high for me. So I pray that the Holy Spirit has communicated this clearly and that it it has an impact, that it has power beyond even the way that it was humbly expressed this morning. I pray peace supernatural and overwhelming ununderstandable peace in each of you I pray that before you this week he would present hearts that are desperately in need of what you carry I pray that as the holy spirit brings brings people to mind or stirs with impulse within you that you pause and you take that next step as he gives revelation and understanding of what to do or what to say, how to reach out, how to, t- how to touch, how to love. He has made us to be world changers. And the first thing that comes to mind when we think about that is the whole wide world, right? (laughs) The whole earth. But I look at Lorinda and there is a whole world around her, the whole sphere of her life. And Teresa, Marcus and Shorty. And we can look at everyone around us with that same understanding. And the power to change that world, the power that he spoke once and echoes twice, twice—that that the illusion there that it has no end, dwells and walks around within us. You want to change sundown? You want to see these seats filled again. And I know we all long for it. Change the world of the one in front of you as he gives you power, as he gives you understanding, as he gives you impulse and unction. Be brave of listening to that song, You Make Me Brave, on the way out here. Know that the Christ that is within you is greater than any difficulty the one in front of you faces. That knowledge alone establishes peace. All I have to do is listen to the Holy Spirit within me that wants to bear fruit of the image of Christ within me and that what that brings, no matter how small or how big, is greater than the power of the enemy that might face me or the problem that that someone might be dealing with. Or just someone's resistance to be inside of a church. Or be a part of a body. I think he'll allow me to make this promise, but I I, I promise you, and he promises you, that if we will revel in sanctification, if we will revel in this process, that it will bear fruit not just an inward molding and a transformation of ourselves inwardly, but it will bear fruit outwardly. There will be opportunity to share that glory. There will be opportunity to share that transfiguring power. And I pray that we are brave enough to take those steps. Because there are worlds out there that need to be changed. And the last thing, the very last comment I want to make is as we engage with the inward process, you know, we talk a lot about being fully surrendered to the Lord. But it always seems like the last part of fully surrendered to the Lord is complete honesty. Like we say we're strange, but like there are parts of ourselves that we are sometimes... Unwilling to be honest with him about, even though he knows it, and I don't just mean to like reflect on it with guilt or reflect on it with like I wish I, I wish it wasn't that way in me or I wish I didn't think this way, but in conversation, be honest with him because those thoughts within us are inhabiting space that he wants to install his own thoughts. If we keep them inward and and. Even if we say, I'm being honest inwardly and not having that con- and having that conversation inward, it's still inside. Part of the power of conversation with the Lord and part of the power of the transformation that He wants to work in us by the presence of that Holy Spirit is to be honest with Him outwardly in that secret place, giving voice to those things that we don't want to be in us anymore, that we don't want to be part of our story any longer. By being honest, by willing to go in that place we remove that thing from within us and make space for a new thought, for His thoughts, for His understanding to be transformed. But I just encourage you, as we step into these days, to step into a new place of honesty with the Lord and to engage in this process with joy because it will bear wonderful fruit within you and around you. Thanks for listening to this For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.